0: Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources you need to help your child on their journey to recovery from the symptoms of autism. And I've created a free workshop for you to walk you through the four stages that I use to naturally recover my own son from autism after being told he could not recover and that I should drug him and just try behavioral therapies. So thankfully due to my own research now over a decade plus my son is fully recovered and i want to share what i did with you and and one of the easiest ways besides these these resources in the radio shows here that we do in interviewing experts and my blog posts on my website I I have created a free workshop, the four stages to naturally recover from the symptoms of autism. And at stage one, goes all about healing the gut because the gut controls the brain. Stage two, natural heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing the co-infections like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. Which we're actually going to do a little talk about today in today's segment. But before I want to make sure you have the link to my free workshop, that's at NaturallyRecoveringAutism.com forward slash free workshop. No spaces there, just free workshop. And uh, that'll help walk you through the necessary pieces uh, that you need to know for optimum recovery of the symptoms of autism for your child. And today's uh, episode I'm really excited about is neurofeedback because this is a really, really key in that fourth stage of brain support and repair. When you've done some gut healing and you've done some detoxification and the inflammation on the brain and the toxins that are affecting the the entire gut and the brain are reduced, then you can get to supporting the brain where things may have been a little bit miswired during development when those things were in the way. And neurofeedback was tremendously helpful for my own son uh, in his recovery process. And today's guest is Heidi Seastrand, and she is an expert in this field. And, um, and Heidi was actually my own son's practitioner for neurofeedback when we were going through the process. And um, we'll go, I'll have Heidi explain it to you in detail, but basically neurofeedback is a way to help improve brain regulation. And um, it doesn't fix conditions, but it definitely helps to improve its balance. And it's uh, exercising their brain waves and strengthens their mind. And, uh, and it's it's actually kind of fun for the child. They they actually enjoy it. So um, Heidi, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm going to give just a little bit of a background on you real quick, actually, before I forget that. Um, Heidi has a yeah, master's okay. degree in in clinical psychology and extensive training in neurofeedback. She became a practitioner of this field due to her own personal challenges of ADD, which has helped she's which it has helped her to overcome. And uh, again, I took my own son to Heidi for this non-invasive of treatment and had immense benefits and so much so so that I've actually made it as part of my mentoring program to make sure that it's one of the steps that parents do know about in the process so again, Heidi, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you, Karen. This is such a great opportunity to share the excitement that i have about neurofeedback and what it can really do like you said it's non-invasive and it has long-term benefits that keep your brain headed in the right direction with mental and emotional flexibility
0: so for our listeners who have never heard of neurofeedback can you just maybe start at square one like you know explain a little bit of what it is and we'll we'll you know how it works um and then we'll you know i think it's interesting to at some point definitely in in the show uh we'll have you kind of talk about how it's done because it's it's a it's kind of fun for the kids this computerized sort of thing that they make their it's like they watch the screen and by doing that their brain waves move things on the screen i remember my son was always fascinated by that yeah but so why don't we start um you know in the at the beginning so if you could just kind of give give our listeners the a beginning. 101
1: <laughs> okay well it started in the 60s in berkeley actually from the beginning and it was um then they were doing research with cats and they were treating cats Uh, with with neurofeedback and then the uh, experiment got shut down and they moved these cats to a different experiment and they were just thriving no matter where they put them. And so they traced it back to the neurofeedback and that's how neurofeedback actually started. And because it creates um, so much regulation in your overall system um, that it helps you function in more in life with more flexibility and that's what I like to look at it is is that it trains the brain to be more flexible and then how does that um, help the, the client is because you might still have your symptoms but then you can get out of the symptoms really uh, much faster and then eventually where the symptoms become uh, far and few between or maybe a little flare-ups here and there but um, it's really beneficial in regulating uh, the different parts of the brain, so depending on what the symptoms are, it can be specifically uh, addressed in that area, and um, and so I lost my train of thought there, so <laughs> can you give me some direction, Karen? <laughs> Time for neurofeedback. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, it's time for more neurofeedback <laughs> for me, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, um, I did find too, you know, that uh, you go to a series of sessions, at least two to three a week, and that was how how long was that, Heidi? It was like, it was like, how many yes, weeks was you. that? I can't even remember. So
1: it's, it's really about a season. So I like to work with a season with my clients, and so it's two to three times a week. And so you figure the baseline is 20 sessions to 40 sessions, depending on what your symptoms are. And so um, each time you're building on top of the prior experience. So it comes with repetition, and then the more repetition, the more the symptoms kind of fade away and the more you become in control of what you're responding to. So it's creating a window of opportunity to make a different choice. You might get still the same um, reaction, but then you can make a different choice on how you're going to handle it. So say you get overstimulated and instead of just like banging your head or covering your ears or doing something repetitive, you're just like, I got to get out of here. I need a break. And then you, you handle it with uh, more coping skills until you become more like, oh yeah, this isn't as um traumatic that whatever is um causing any issues if it's like a sensory processing issue or um something like that. So Right. Um, and I know it depends yeah, on the Yeah, And then the part after there's like um Pardon? And I know it depends on the
0: part of the brain that um, processes that information that that they're actually having trouble with, where it comes down to more of a specialization or an individualized uh, type of session.
1: Yes. So initially I like to start with an intake session to get the overview with the right questions being asked about sleep, uh, emotion, What uh, what happens with depression? Are you able to function high function or is it just you're totally in a state of acute crisis and not able to even get out the door uh, to get to school? So, yeah, it really does help with, with all variants.
0: And creating more, like you said, more of the coping skills so they know better how to handle it. You feel internally uh, more in charge. We're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. When we come back, we're going to dive right back into neurofeedback. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom
0: and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking with Heidi Seastrand on neurofeedback. And neurofeedback can treat many, many different symptoms addressing things related to stress, anxiety, attention issues, depression, anger management, sleep issues, and hyperactivity, various things that most children with autism are dealing with. And so it's uh, tremendously helpful to, it's basically like a muscle in a sense where you go to the gym regularly and it tunes it up and you feel it starts building, you get stronger and stronger over time. And so it has a similar effect in that way. And so, um, but Heidi, I think it would be really helpful because you have a pretty strong personal story that relates into neurofeedback. And I know many of our listeners have children who are personally experiencing uh, the same, same symptoms that you once did and how you really got into neurofeedback. So can you share your story? Because I think it would be helpful for our listeners.
1: Sure. I'd love to. Um, Yeah, it started with me in elementary school because I had uh, severe learning difficulties that went undiagnosed until I was 19. And at that time, I was also um, dealing with ADHD issues that was undiagnosed. And then finally, at 19, I surrendered and was like, yeah, I'm not operating like everybody else and agreed to go in for assessment and treatment and was diagnosed with ADHD and um, learning difficulties. At the time they call it dyslexia. Um, And so that really was a struggle. I was at second grade reading level. I was in my second year of college. I specialized in my undergrad in recreation because I needed to compensate for being uh, not able to read as much as everybody else and to process the same way. So I needed real hands-on experience. Um, maybe a trade school might, might have been good for me as well. And um, anyway, so I did a lot of outdoor activities. I did water sports and ran summer camps and life guarding, So I was able to operate in the world in a physical way uh, and compensate that way. But then I was in a kayaking accident, and that just took all my coping skills away and left me in chronic pain from head to toe, I like to say that I blew out my nervous system, and as you know, that we're neurodiversely wired, and my system was just completely bonkers, and I was left with um, what was later diagnosed as fibromyalgia, which often goes with the neurodiversity, and I was in chronic pain, and I didn't know what to do or where to turn, and all the doctors at the time were saying it's just in your head. And I'm like, this is my reality. I can't just be in my head. And so I went at the time to seek out my master's in clinical psychology because I figured, well, if anybody's going to fix it, then I might as well be me because I'm not getting the help that is required. And so I went to grad school and I literally made a campground in the back of the class because I couldn't hold up my neck for the length of the class and everything so I'd make a campground and um, learn and then I'd come home and it would take me all week to recover to go back to school the next day and so it was just um, a two-year process of uh, making it through that but in that uh, education in one of my classes when they were talking about alternative support and different therapies they mentioned neurofeedback therapy and it just was an awestruck moment. I think this is when people know their true calling because it spoke to me so loudly that you could actually basically reprogram all the things that I was currently at the time suffering from, you know, the learning difficulties, the ADHD, the chronic pain, the insomnia, the emotional instability, just so many of the things that I wasn't getting results for that was getting a lot of diagnosis of finally had some answers to me. So I sought out a practitioner here uh, locally and got on the program. And I started three times a week and it was amazing to see the results and experience actually having no pain after being in pain for years at the time to really get, to be able to be pain free. And also the only way that the Western medicine was offering assistance was Tons of medications. I felt like I was Elvis. They had me taking stuff all day throughout the day, things to go up and stabilize and come down because all they were really dealing with was with the depression that was obvious because I wasn't living my once active life. And so um, I sought out the, the, the treatment myself and I just fell in love with it because nothing that I've come across can give such results so fast. And I've been doing it in my practice now for 15 years, and the results from my clients tell is just amazing. It's like a, a a gift to be able to watch them free themselves from this limitation that haunts them every day. And as you know, with your son, it's just it really allows you more possibility in the world when you are you're kind of have some um, just innate challenges in being able to cope and operate and maneuver and handle all the, the stresses. Because if, anybody who knows, even if you don't have a neurodiversity, that, that stress and just operating in the world that we have today is so fast-paced that if you're at all challenged with structure or transitioning or overstimulation, then you know you're you're operating in a much more um, personally designed reality, and uh, so neurofeedback just helps everybody. Not even just if you have uh, if you're on the spectrum, which I like to call it the rainbow spectrum, <laughs> because I think it's just so full of so much possibility and and hope and optimism uh, that it's just about getting stuck in one color you know, and being able to see the bigger perspective and being able to shift gears. So um, I, too, have used this modality with my daughter who has sensory processing and ADHD, like me, and it has just made a world of difference for her. Um, I do choose to use a small amount of medication to support her because it just makes her functioning and her abilities and what she has to work with even that much more successful. So it it is good to use it uh, independently, if that's your belief, and it's also good conjunctively with Western meds. And what I like is that it really limits the amount of medication that you need to intake to get the best results. So it's it's working together, which I think is really the ultimate goal, is uh, finding harmony and getting the best mental health care that you can. So, um, yeah, neurofeedback is just one of my uh, most favorite tools that I use.
0: Well, and as you mentioned, too, you were on a lot of medications for your pain, and that's really just Mm -hmm. masking symptoms. And they they do have a lot of negative side effects as well. So and they're not helping the cause, which is what we really need to be working with. So um, right. that's what the key is to be able to get to the causes and, like you said, just free people to be able to um, be themselves, not be living on medications, um, actually helping the the actual cause and uh, and helping everybody feel better. We're gonna take a really short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas. Okay. Stay with we will be there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and today we're talking with Heidi C. Strand, who is a practitioner and specialist in neurofeedback. And as I mentioned earlier, this was one of the brain support and repair aspects, the fourth stage. Of what was so especially helpful for my own son, and um, it has tremendous success for children all over the world. And um, Heidi was just sharing her story in the last segment about her personal stories of, you know, learning difficulties and all through um, elementary school and high school, and and at a second grade you know, reading level in in college. And it's not that the and now Heidi has a master's degree. So this isn't this is not about an IQ issue for our kids. It's- about helping the brain to function optimally, getting the the inflammation out of the way, getting the toxins out of the way, and then helping to support it in in the ways that it needs. So Heidi, what about, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the structure and transitioning a lot of these the overstimulation, the sensory issues, focus issues, anxiety, these are, and sleep. These are all Mm -hmm. big issues for children with autism. So, um, I'd like to segue into that. Um, but first, uh, maybe you could talk about what age it's safe to begin neurofeedback in and, um, and the safety behind it and maybe explain how it's done too, because we haven't talked about that and parents are probably wondering, well, what do you do?
1: Okay. So, um, Neurofeedback is about looking at at the brain waves, so it's a form of biofeedback. So it's under the umbrella of biofeedback, but it it works specifically on the brain waves. And so um, so when you are regulating those brain waves, and what I like to work with is the temporal lobe, and specifically with autism, because it's it's the emotional regulating and the processing between the hemispheres, between the left and right hemispheres. And so if you can get some synchronizing between the left and right hemisphere, you'll get some more ability to transition and not respond as acutely to um, whatever is causing uh, overstimulation or dysregulation.
0: And I have my the my listeners. If you've been with me for a while, listening to the show, I I did a session a while back on craniosacral therapy, which is my background, and I will link in the show notes to that as well because um, as I, I mentioned in in my episode as well that I talked about cranial work that it, how important it is for the temporal bones to be worked with and I never saw a child with uh, on the spectrum ever in my 30 years of practice that did not have temporal lobe imbalance and um, so mm-hmm. um, that is very very common in children with autism and it's common in most people I would say almost everybody just in general that temporal lobes are very very the bones are very easily destabilized, not just from physical impact but even from emotional and from internally like, toxic so um the inflammation yeah. and the stress on the system can just tighten up the membranes and throw everything out of balance so well, um, and
1: hormones so that whole endocrine yeah. system also is responsible there, so if your hormones are out of balance then you're you're unable to emotionally respond accurately. You, know, you just get triggered because you're inflamed, you know. And then the fight or flight, or agitation, or sleeping, or sweats, or you know, all those things are symptoms of dysregulation.
0: And so, when you talk about um, parents are probably wondering, you know, how do hormones come into the the brain waves, and how it can help things like the the, the pituitary and the hormonal regulation, things like that.
1: Yeah, well, the whole system, that's what I love about neurofeedback is it addresses the whole system. So clients have come in for issues like sleep issues, and then later on after, so, oh, well, that's really helped my depression, but didn't disclose that they had depression, you know? So it works, if you're coming in to work on one issue, it works on all the overall functioning. So it really is a holistic approach because it's really addressing um You know it from all angles of working like a symphony where it each brain wave is um communicating with the other brain waves and so it's kind of like your fingerprints and how they're they're so unique and the way that they are to you same with your brain waves they operate distinctly for you and so it's not a good or bad thing that there's um a dominance in a certain frequency but we want it to work more harmoniously with the other frequencies so it's about getting everybody playing the right music and and being able to interpret things instead of getting out of balance same with migraines too they treat that also on the temporal lobe because it's an instability so um yeah if you're looking at more um like cognitive things like direct uh sleep issues and you'd work on the top of the head the central part of the head but working on the emotional part as you know the temporal area is really key
0: and so an educated obviously neurofeedback uh, practitioner knows this based on the symptoms what programs because it is a computerized type of program uh where mm-hmm. then you have these 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 little soft um um, and and ha- I'm wondering too with the people with sensory issues, when you put these little nodules on, on their head, they're like sticky and they just stick to the scalp and they're very yeah. soft and simple and then they're attached to the computer and you set in a computerized program based on what is needed, what is needed based on the, the person's symptoms. Is that right?
1: Correct. So I like to see, say that I'm a brain-made cocktail specialist because I'm making your prescription. <laughs> so yeah. I'm setting the parameters and what we want to reward and basically fine-tuning the way that your brain is working together. And where I place those electrodes makes a difference on which symptoms we're targeting. But predominantly, as you said, people are on the spectrum. The temporal lobe is definitely a, an area to address. But I also want to address the fact of trauma. Now, when you're dealing with um, with these kind of ongoing issues, like for me specifically, uh, it was a huge awareness to really understand, although I hadn't been in any kind of blatant trauma of abuse or anything that um, of that nature, but going to school every day and not knowing how I was going to operate, if I was good enough, if I was able to, to read, how I would be calculating odor coming towards me. Oh, I got to get out of here. I should either escape and fight or flight, like go to the bathroom or how am I going to derail this situation? So you're not learning in that way. You're literally in traumatic fight or flight mode. And so the trauma that is in the amygdala, So I like to work on the amygdala as well because it releases that trauma, which is processing everything.
0: So, right, and then- um,
1: that plays a key piece in in the work that I do,
0: mhm. And it's important, too, like you said, an, edu- an educated practitioner, and that's key. And um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll also make sure we get a link to how to find an, an educated practitioner as well. Because as we're talking about this and thinking about how, how much a child's self-esteem is affected by not being able to focus and learn in a classroom. And, again, it's not an IQ issue. It's that their brain just can't function for m- various reasons. And there are things that you can do about that to help them get to who they really are. Are. So uh, stay with us. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. We will be. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about neurofeedback to help balance the brain waves. And we have expert Heidi Seestrand with us. And before the break, we were talking about various types of of things that uh, like traumas and and how neurofeedback works and so Heidi I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, how you find an educated practitioners a practitioner in this because I know it can vary a little bit for anything just like a craniosacral therapist can vary greatly between one practitioner and another what they do so how how would somebody go about finding somebody who's right for them
1: yeah you're exactly right because I like to think of myself as an artist and this is my tool and so everybody is going to practice different just because they have a tool doesn't necessarily know, mean that they're going to use it in the most effective way. So I think it's important to um, look around your community, see who's close by, because you're going to be meeting with them two to three times a week. So you want it to be convenient. Uh, And what my people have done, my clients have found me just by Googling neurofeedback. And then you can come up with a few practitioners. I used to be the only one in my community, and now there's other practitioners here in the community. And so it's getting a telephone consultation with the practitioner and just have them, uh, you know, kind of tell you how they can help you. So I have my clients tell me, like, what are you looking for? And then I can address more specifically, here's what I have to offer. Here's how I'd like to work with you. And not every one of my clients that I do neurofeedback with, I do other modalities and other forms of therapy, but, um, I do think that it's important to do therapy along with the neurofeedback. So some practitioners just do neurofeedback, like in a chiropractic office, but they don't offer the interpersonal work and setting um, like goals and working on the manifestation of what is it that you want your life to look like and how would can we support you to get there um, emotionally, uh, spiritually, physically, just all in the whole well-rounded place. So if that's, something that you're looking for in a practitioner, then ask the questions of what other modalities do they use and do they offer any kind of coaching or support? Um, Because I find that that makes a big difference in the longevity of having their toolbox filled with tools that they can use because the neurofeedback does self-correct it's like autopilot, but it also you need tools in order to really thrive. And I think that comes in with the coping skills that we were talking about. Um, developing so then you kind of have um, a nice big reliance on uh, tools that you know work for you and then you're also uh, headed in the right direction based on the neurofeedback
0: and depending on a a child's symptoms as well I, I always say that with any practitioner when you call them on the phone when you first contact them You know, ask them lots of questions. Um, Basically interview them. Make sure that you get a good, honestly, a, a good, not only a good you know, analytical response from them. But you get a good gut feeling about this person. You feel like, yeah, they would be a great match for my child. If you don't feel that way, then that's okay. You know, you ask your questions and then say, okay, you know, thank you. And wow. I'll, I'll get back to you or if it works or whatever. You call other people. And then just until mm-hmm. you find somebody who you feel like, yeah, this person feels like they would be great for my child and or yourself, depending on, on who you're calling for, um, because that that is really important. Your child needs to feel safe. Safe with their practitioner, whoever they are, and you as a parent need mm-hmm. to feel confident with that person as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I know you have a background in um, counseling, Heidi, so that's, that's really beneficial for you as well. So again, people can Google and, um, you know, find different things as well. Um, and I'll link to, uh, we'll link to your website for sure. Is there another um, uh, website to Yours is HeidiCStrand.com. And uh, today's show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 64, just the number 64. Um, and I'll link to Heidi's page there as well. Is there another site that's really good to, uh, to find um, an educated practitioner anywhere else that you would direct people? Or is Google kind of where you think... It's the best place I say to start.
1: Google it. I say do some research and find who's in your neighborhood and who's practicing. And a lot of practitioners will do some phone coaching just to assess and then t- do an intake session. And you know, they'll just schedule the intake session for more details. And it, I say schedule the intake session because you're going to learn a lot about your brain and a lot about what's going on, and then see if the therapeutic relationship is working. But you don't need to commit right away. So I always like to tell my clients just to come in, try it, see if we're a good fit, and then let's work on a long-term plan. And everybody has a different long-term plan depending on how severe their symptoms are.
0: And how far you want to take it too, because you can get to where it's balanced and you're coping and you're doing well. Uh, But then some people want to continue that strengthening. And then also we mentioned earlier where, you know, you go through your first 20 to 40 sessions, again, depending on how kind of how far you want to take it and where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then over time, just naturally, you might – I remember taking um, my son and my daughter later in, you know, like even a year later, I could tell, okay, I think it's time for a little tune-up and came in for a few sessions with you and that took
1: care of it. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah, because the brain really wants to succeed. And what's great is that you've laid down this foundation. And so then it's just like an instant, like, oh, yeah, we were operating like this. I, you know, I forgot. And after all these years, I still do treatments on myself. And I remember every time, like, man, this is amazing. I forgot. <laughs> because, as you know, when you're in the in the world as a practitioner, you're not always participating. And every time I still do it um, to myself, I'm just in awe with how great it feels, and the results and how it happens so quickly. And so it it really is for long term change. And no matter how often you come back for your tune up, it really is a quick way to kind of get back to speed or, you know, life happens and certain traumas come into play, but it really gets you refocused and back on track. And, And like you said, I have clients that come to me with years in the middle, of um their treatments and then just need some fine tuning and because life happened and whatnot and uh, just get right back on track
0: right and it's nice to know that, that that support exists if you know things start you know slipping off track or whatever and again you can look at the the you know the toxic load uh make sure that the diet is good the inflammatory processes mm-hmm. all those things are reduced as well but then uh the neurofeedback kind of helps the brain to calm down if those factors have come in again and and uh rebalance as well so um you know it can be one of those things where you know how 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 many sessions would you say that most people are usually seeing some type of a, 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 resp- a response or, or, or changes with, within the first few yeah.
1: sessions? Yeah, the first few sessions um, should definitely see some results. And I do want to add that, you know, you'll start feeling some really significant results in, within the first five to ten sessions. But if you stop, it's not enough time and for it to be a long-term change and so sometimes that makes me sad when people come in only for 10 sessions when you know they just got to start feeling better it's like when your teeth get straight on your braces and then you're like okay now take them off but they're not going to stay that way they're going to go back
0: Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you have to, people have to commit to go in the, the long term if they really want the true results. And that's what I say in my mentoring program as well. Well, how far do you want to take this? We, we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We, hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we're talking with Heidi C Strand, who is an expert in neurofeedback. And neurofeedback helps to balance the brainwaves, does a lot more... Uh, uh, and, um, you know, really support the system as a whole. And what what uh, I think is important to talk about, too, is, Heidi, we haven't talked about, like, the earliest age that a parent might be able to That's have right. their child mm-hmm. begin this and um, any safety factors. Are there any uh, negative or any side effects the parents might want to look for? So can you give us some background on those pieces?
1: Right, right. Yeah, so I was, of course, eager to bring my daughter in. Um And so I brought her in around kindergarten age, so five, six years old. But I probably would work more comfortably on someone else's child around seven, eight years old, just because you want to get some feedback from the child and as far as how they're responding to it. So um So it's easier if there's some verbal response, like you can, you can definitely see if they're starting to get heavier eyes and they're more less wiggly in the chair and they're more settled and you can read from body language. But it's also good to get um, understanding from the child themselves, like if it feels good or if it doesn't feel good. And that is what we're going to talk about. There's some things that don't feel good about it and that's what gives you information to make a, a change in the protocol or a change in, in what frequency you're training and what that could look like is you get a like pressure in the head or maybe after the session you have a little bit of a headache but it's making new neuro connections and so if it, you're like lifting weights it would be like oh i put too many too much weight on on my set this time and now my muscles are sore so the brain can get sore the same way and usually it can um, you know if you have something to accommodate that a little ibuprofen or something and it usually isn't that bad but sometimes clients haven't reported um, that that was happening and then in the end they have a headache and they're like oh I didn't know because they're not really body aware so it really takes some observ- observing and really seeing how the client's doing during the treatment. And parents are really good at understanding their kids, too. So I also have younger kids sit on their parents' lap while they're doing the treatment so they feel comfortable. And a lot of the, the practitioners have new games that are fun for kids, like um, flying an airplane or doing skateboarding or something of that nature that it's more of a kind of like a traditional video game that you would have now. Um, But, yeah, so anywhere from, I'd say, six years old is probably a good age to really address it. And my daughter even still to this day asks for it. Mom, can I come to your studio? I want some neurofeedback. Like, I think it really makes me feel good. And she can tell the difference. And so, of course, that makes my heart sing because nothing better than your own kid validating your work. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, where you're like, yes, I didn't torture you. You actually like it. So um, that's really, you know, when the kids come in here and they, they express that it feels good and they're getting relief, you know you're doing a good job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um I'm wondering too, you mentioned about um kids being verbal. Now what about nonverbal kids? Have you seen it help increase uh, speech or if they're nonverbal it has. do you Yeah, do you use it then for nonverbals and you just watch for body language as far as uh as their their, you know, feedback if they're not able to verbalize that feedback?
1: Yes, and what I would do with a client like that was I would take very slow steps in making adjustments and start with the baseline protocol and not, um, you know, kind of stick stick with the basics until you get that under control and then make uh, specialty protocols depending on what the symptoms are. But, um, yeah, definitely you can tell with body language whether they're uh, tense Uh, and their shoulders are up or they're you know kind of squinching their face or or moving a lot in the chair like I had a client that just would come in and swivel the chair because I have a moving chair and it was just like okay I would know that he was in the zone when he would stop moving and just the chair would be still and everything was quiet and then um and it's great when the parents see that too, because they're like, "That never happens." So you, everybody's witnessing that ability to, to shift into a different way of being, and then that becomes more natural
0: yeah and then those those speech neurons they really can become miswired uh, early on when that inflammation and the toxins are in the way and you know it's it's one of the things when a child regresses where a parent will say they were talking and then they stopped talking and or they haven't mm-hmm. talked yet that happens too so if this can improve speech again i'm always a, an advocate of you know get the toxins and the re- inflammation reduced first um please you know refer to my free workshop that i mentioned at the beginning of the show, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. i will give you more information on, on what I'm talking about there. But then neurofeedback coming in, being able to help rewire or rebalance where things were imbalanced during the the um, you know the, the maturation process in a time where it would have had mm-hmm. different things happening. So it can be really helpful for the speech. So for somebody who um, you're watching, you know, some of these, may, they make it a headache or something if it's too quickly, do you shorten your treatment time or you do, you probably don't do less per week because it's kind of like, as you mentioned earlier, going to the gym where, um, mm-hmm. you know, for these side effect pieces, what do you, what do you do with that to regulate it? Do a
1: shorter treatment sessions. So instead of doing maybe a half hour treatment, you do a 15 minute treatment and just to get the, the child as comfortable as possible. But then they, they adapt pretty well usually because it's like the initial one is just, um, you know, unfamiliar and kind of like who's this lady, what are we doing? All these questions, things, new environment. But then when it, it becomes more familiar and something that they know that they're feeling better from, then they just sit in the chair and it's just on autopilot. They're ready to go. Yeah. So it's getting I remember. initially into the initial part. The first five sessions are kind of for me the most challenging because that's where I, it, it's my practice to like, I got to hit the right target of where we're headed. So it comes into the, the planning of the treatment plan. Like, okay, I'm going to do this many sessions in this site and then we're going to move into this. And sometimes it takes a couple of sessions to really figure out. What the, re- the appropriate response would be, and um, and that takes, you know, that just takes pra- practice and how long you've been doing it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely where the educated practitioner comes in because you have to look at the symptoms, and then it is a matter of sort of troubleshooting to see what the best mm-hmm. uh, program is to work with that child and the best uh, areas to to work with on parts of the brain, and um, you know just kind of troubleshooting through it. So we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism? While others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages Healing the gut Natural heavy metal detoxification Balancing the co-infections of autism Brain support and repair Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better be more calm improve focus and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it.
0: Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and I want to thank you so much for being here today. We have been talking about neurofeedback to help the brain to balance and uh, we have Heidi Seestrand who is an educated practitioner with us and um, I will link to all of the show notes from today's show at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 64, just the number 64 and um, Heidi's website, she can be found at HeidiCstrand.com and again I will link to that in the show notes. And, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier in today's episode, Googling to find an an educated educated practitioner in your area and then interviewing those practitioners and making sure that that they feel that they're the right fit for you and your child. And um, it does get, you know, the initial appointments can sometimes be something new for your child. So you want to make sure the practitioner helps your child feel really comfortable. And then also knowing that uh, once they do start feeling better, and I definitely, know this from my own craniosacral practice, that the mom would say uh, that the child had asked them after, you know, after they had seen me once, then the child would say, "Mom." After a while, it had gone by. They would say, "Mom, I need to go see Karen. I need, to, I need to go back and and do that again." Like they know, and it, and the parent would say how much mm-hmm. calmer the child was after. And Heidi, I know that you you have that same type of thing where you know, getting like you said, getting through those first initial um, appointments and and sessions, just so the child can once they really start feeling the difference, feel comfortable in your office, feel comfortable with you, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, so um, do you have anything else to wrap up? Because I, uh, before we wrap up, we're almost out of time, but, you know, some of the things you mentioned, um, speech, uh, focus ability, uh, calming issues of anxiety or or mood aggressive issues, anything else that, uh, that you want to share?
1: Yeah, well, my practice focuses mainly on trauma, depression, anxiety and focus, because regardless of what your diagnosis is, those are the areas that are really fall out of balance. And so I've specialized my practice in dealing with that. And again, I can't highlight enough that to have a really good therapeutic relationship with your practitioner, it to feel comfortable, to feel like they have your back and your best interest, and really understanding where you're coming from and what kind of results that you're looking for. And um, don't be afraid to ask questions about what, what it is that they're that, that is part of their treatment plan that they see for you. So, and if anybody has any questions, please, feel free to contact me. I'd love to um, consult with you on that and just um, answer any questions that you might have.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And then even if they're, you know, in distance and far away, other parts of the country or the world, um, you know, just getting some other kinds of feedback from you, or if they start seeing a practitioner, you know, um, well, that could be confusing, like, basically to help just troubleshoot initially, like, what would I do here? Mm-hmm. What would I ask for? What would I, you know, is that it? Like, you're talking about what they would ask a, a practitioner that they might be seeing near them, how to ask yeah. them the questions. Or, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe they maybe just kind of say, here's what I'm dealing with. Would this really help? And then what should I look for in my community? Or just, you know, as a as a liaison to offer support.
0: Yeah, that's really nice of you to do that, too. I appreciate um, your help. And I appreciate you, Heidi. I mean, you were so helpful with really both of my kids. And um, I uh, I, I saw immense changes, and that's why... I, when I was really putting my entire mentoring program together, I knew there was that neurofeedback was definitely something that wasn't an optional thing as far as I was concerned. It was something that I think every parent really needs to know about and really needs to utilize. And again, you know, once they've really gotten the the toxins and the inflammation reduced. Um, but it is, it was so, so helpful. And um, in 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 so many ways for for multiple symptoms for for each of them. And my daughter's not on the spectrum, but she just had some other issues that it was so helpful with. Too was you know, and every child has a little bit of something. And we're talking to parents who they might have one child who has autism, but another child, another uh, one of their children might have just uh, focus issues, or they might have ADD, but they don't have autism. And seeing how helpful this can be to help the child overall long-term over the span of their entire life and that that's what this is yes. really about and improving their self-esteem and just like you you went from from not being able to even read past the second grade level in college to getting your master's degree and moving on because of how much this was helpful mm-hmm. for you so heidi thank you Absolutely. again so much for being here today and again oh, all the thank show notes. You. my pleasure all the show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 64. Thanks for being here, bringing a proactive parent, and getting the resources you need. This is Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas.